Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I'm so excited today because we're not only going to be working with a gentleman or interviewing a gentleman today, but I'm also doing a lot of work with their company, and I'm excited about the opportunity of working together, and that's Jonathan Lerner. And one of the things I love about working with people like Jonathan is that he is an in-the-trenches, doing-it kind of guy. Every day, day in and day out, he is the president of T-Tech Digital, and we'll learn more about what they do in a moment, but let me remind you of a few things. Number one, if you've got questions, comments, you want to share a story, go on any of the social channels like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, I'm there, and I may answer your question there. I might do it on the show. And speaking of the show, uh, don't forget about our television show, Be Amazing or Go Home. The second uh, episode of season two just released in the last week on Amazon Prime. You can catch it on Amazon Prime, Roku, uh, Apple TV, basically anywhere that streams TV. And now if you go to beamazing.tv, uh, we've set up a website where you can watch all of the past episodes. So enough about that. Let's talk about Jonathan Lerner for just a moment. He's the president of T-Tech Digital. And as I mentioned, he is doing customer service and experience in real time, all of the time, we're going to be talking about trends. We're going to talk about um, benchmarks you want to make. And if you are involved at all in wanting to take care of your customers, this is an episode that you want to be listening to. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chef. Thank you. And I think we got to write a new book, Chef. I think it's got to be Be Amazing and Go Home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. There's no choice anymore. It's not an option. Just stay home. Be Absolutely. amazing and stay home. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. So real quick, for those that wonder, where did the title come from? I had an assistant that was struggling to show up on time every day. And after a number of days of talking to her about it, it wasn't changing. And I said, look, what's her mantra here at Shepherd Presentations? She says, to always be amazing. And I said, is being amazing coming in late every day? She goes, not really. I said, well, the choice is easy. Be amazing or go home. Right, and she right. goes, oh, that's a great title for a book. <laughs> so I wrote a book and eventually became the show. But I like that. Be amazing and stay home. So not only is Jonathan a smart dude who's the president of T-Tech Digital, he has a sense of humor. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of have to, right, Chef? You got you to gotta have a sense of humor sitting at home. You're running things from your, from your basement or from your home office. You know, whether it's uh, whether it's happy hour or working with your teams, you just got to have a sense of humor. I, yeah, I so important. I love yeah. it. I, you know, sure. and I love your optimism. And I think optimism is a great trait of a leader, no doubt. So, Jonathan, yeah. real yeah. quick, give us the background on T-Tech. Sure, sure. So uh, T-Tech's a Denver-based uh, $1.6 billion public company. We really drive uh, in the space of effortless uh, everywhere. Uh, a CX journey is we, we design, we automate, we optimize and operate effortless experience at the largest global scales. Yep. So, and I'll, yep. I'll add to that. It's not just effortless for the customer. I think as I learn more and more at your company, it's effortless for the support people, the processes that are going in place on the inside of the company too. Because we can't, you know, if we try make it really easy on the outside and don't make it easy on the inside, there's a disconnect. You know, it's so true. We, we actually live by a motto and we, we almost make it formulaic. 
our view is that driving really brilliant customer experiences is a equals employee experience raised to the digital level. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk more about that, but CX equals EX to the DX. I like that. That's good. Yeah. CX equals e that's, that's a tweetable moment right here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, customer experiences, we believe, right? And if you if you if you leave out the human element and your brand ambassadors, then you've missed the mark. And if right. you've forgotten digital, really, you're behind. Right. And the whole idea behind digital, and if you look at the best companies that are doing this, and let's just take it from a consumer level, even though B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter. Uh, but from a consumer level, when we're dealing as a customer of Amazon, for example, they have made the process so darn easy. Here's the point. They created a digital process. It was designed by a person or people to be used by a customer or customers who are people. So it's still, even though it's digital, it's people. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. So let's jump into it. What are the, oh, I feel like we already have, but what are the trends <laughs> that you're seeing over the next couple of years? Uh, I'd love to know because you're always on the front edge thinking forward. What sure. are you seeing coming down the pike? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, you know, we're doing a lot of noodling. We're doing a lot of thinking well beyond our COVID response that's taken up hearts and minds of everyone. It's, it's truly unfortunate. But if you look around it, there's a compelling event for change, right? And it's facing both public and private enterprise. Um, and it's, it's acceleration. It's actually the speed of change. So um, we're, we're layering on top something that's been backburnered for years, whether it was millennials driving that flexibility to work from home uh, or, or um, in this case, proactive or predictive that element of service. Uh, so we're focused and we think that the future is ripe with looking out and accelerating that time horizon, right? But, but I think that of late in the last few years, that idea of adding proactive service has been kind of deprioritized. Mm -hmm. So right? proactive service, just so yeah. I make sure everybody understands what it is. Uh, there's predictive service where we can yeah. predict you're going to, break something or there's proactive where we actually go in and fix something before it breaks. And are Correct. you doing this? Uh, how, how is, I mean, is, tell me what you're doing to drive that experience. Yeah. So we've, we've really ushered in um, multiple ways to infuse process orchestration and new technologies. So robotics and IA intelligent automation aren't new. But within that, in the contact center space, in that customer delight and effortless experience space, it's still a bit of a vast unknown, right? A lot of that focus has been on the back office. A lot of opportunity is to actually tune and enhance, right? And that's kind of in two ways. You talked about the people element. So we're all about joining two sides, right? So um, there's the augment, the agent experience. How do we use technology? How do we proactively give information so that we can both predict and be proactive in how we respond and make those agents actually more productive, mm. right? That's a huge, I think, opportunity around efficiencies and effectiveness, right? Uh, and that's on the, on the agent side. And then there's the automation side, using technology to actually as, as more common, right? We're, we're, we're automating um, robotically 
uh, processes that are that, that are ripe for for uh, initiating that that um, that that intelligence. So I think I think you know a number of ways that that in, that uh, technology and digital is helping to do both on the agent side and on the customer side. Right. And a lot of times it's it's almost invisible to the customer. They don't see what's happening. Um, So many different ways. Uh, My head is swarming right now. Uh, I know, uh, Jonathan, you're based in Atlanta. Delta Mm -hmm. Airlines is based in Atlanta. Therefore, probably Ed Bastian, the CEO, lives in Atlanta. And um, he came out last year, I believe it was at the Consumer Electronics Show. He did an interview. And I was fascinated. And he he talked about proactive service from the standpoint of servicing his airplanes. And I can't remember the exact stats and facts, but it was like thousands of flights were canceled due to maintenance issues. Uh, You can't control the weather, obviously. But actually, he said you can't control the weather, but you can use artificial intelligence to help understand how to navigate through and, and not cancel as many flights and make planes more available. But what he said is there's now sensors throughout the planes on different pieces of the equipment. And granted, we're talking about equipment. You can take this and say it's just a metaphor for other other things. But it was fascinating to me because he said that in the period of 10 years from when Northwest Airlines was bought by Delta and they had these huge amount of cancellations, they went from, I mean, they dropped it by like 99, 98% because they became proactive. They know that, hey, the hydraulic uh, you know, hose hasn't broken yet, but yeah. it will in a real short period of time. Let's fix it before it does. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I think- IOT and MRO, those those three letter acronyms in manufacturing mm-hmm. yep. and the efficiencies that for, for an airline are happening in their quote unquote back office, we're orchestrating those into strategies that focus kind of, I think, beyond adding channels, which has been more typical and now refining the processes, right? Just as Delta did to get advanced prediction on where faults or failures could drive inefficiencies in their supply chain, right? These brand ambassadors are on the front line representing these brands. Yep. And what, what we're helping with, and I think the trend is really to orchestrate some of those key events for innovation into roadmaps and strategy. I so think that's, that's, that's where we're connecting the dot show. Do you recommend that the support center take a proactive role and outbound get to the customer or wait for them to come in, look at their record and say, hey, while we're talking today, there's some things we need to be thinking about for the future. That's a great question, right? Because I think the answer is clear, right? You can't wait. Waiting for a customer to call with a problem is really, how do you not delight, right? How do you wait for uh, a change? That's not turning a delightful experience into a revenue generating opportunity. So I I think it's absolutely tweaking both, but enabling that outbound experience um, and, and really giving the detail and that head start to agents who are, who are typically the most engaged people. Yep. Right? Our experience, uh, I'm sure yours in dealing with in customer, the most passionate people you've got are on the front line. They're the ones that are talking to your customer. And if that's a great, great, I think you've called it um, getting beyond customer for life, 
and a, and a customer for Next. Didn't you say that in one of your podcasts? Uh, maybe right? I did. I, I'll take credit yeah, I mean, for it because it sounds brilliant. <laughs> customer for Next Time. I, I, you know, I'm doing my research too and I'm oh, listening oh, to your podcast. Loyalty isn't about a lifetime. It's about yeah. the next time. So what are the we doing right time. now to make sure the customer... So I did say that. I, I, love, it. I love it. Right. So <laughs> I, I would love for... I'd love to be known and our brand to be to be synonymous with both that outbound reach. How do you do that next time proactively? Mm -hmm. But how do you anticipate by giving those brand ambassadors the right information and predicting what will delight, right? What will engage that customer in the right way? Yep. Uh, so that next yeah. time is, is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine, Stacy Sherman works uh, with an elevator company and she just sent me a tweet about this concept that she has called the peace of mind call which is a proactive call just to check in. It gives the customer a little peace of mind. Hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, um, I know I'm an optimistic person. I believe we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel of this deep, dark tunnel called COVID-19. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about how some of what we uh, have experienced might be influencing the future in a positive way. So we're coming right back. Don't go away. We've been talking with Jonathan Lerner, who is the president of T-Tech Digital. This is Amazing Business Radio. We will be right back. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jonathan Lerner of T-Tech. And I think, as I mentioned, I'm optimistic. I'm seeing light at the end of the tunnel. I'm seeing us coming out of uh, this incredible, uh, terrible pandemic, but the economic uh, disruption that it created, the you know the uh, typical flow of business that it, it, it just disrupted. Uh, let's talk about what you see the far-reaching implications of a COVID-19 pandemic is having on the way we are going to be supporting our customers in the future. Yeah, sure. You know, I'll tell you a story, Chef. So, um, just today, I spoke with the head of a consumer bank, a super regional bank here in uh, here in the U.S. And he he said, you know, he said something that kind of set me back thinking. And then he offered an opportunity, which was novel. He said, "Look, when the governor ordered everybody home, our work from home, um, how we do and how we'll be efficient, we didn't realize at the time the full effect. Right, the next couple of days." Our branch lobbies were closed and were empty. Our call centers blew up. Um, and he said, everything turned to the reality that digital channels, which could scale and how quickly we could respond was the answer. Um, and it, we've been, you know, we've been on a wild ride together with them, frankly, over the last six weeks. But then um, he said, you know, what I need to do is I need to speak with folks who can help me create an at-home virtual banker. So he flipped, and this is what's happening. 
He's like, I, I got idle brick and mortar. I got great people and I got to get them with my customers. I got to get them in the game. And it was, you know, it was sort of a, a turning moment. I think we're seeing these moments where, you know, this, for many, this is not going back. This is not going back to pre-COVID, right? As I said, it's a horrible uh, development. It's tragic. It's heartbreaking, but it's forcing change. And I think that people are now embracing ideas that they knew were coming, but again, we're backburnered for so long because, yeah, we'll get to it. I can't tie a business case to it. I don't see it right now. But all of a sudden, we're having dialogue and discussions with leaders, public and private sector, who are changing the game and are now thinking of new ways to drive efficiency and differentiation for their business. I think that's remarkable. I think right. that yeah. gives us a lot of hope, Chef. And I think there are going to be new ways. But what I see, uh, as well as innovation happening, a lot of what's happening is adaption or adoption, if you will, of existing technology that's there. I mean, uh, you know, one of the companies that's just probably benefited from this and they didn't ever plan to do this was Zoom technology. You know, I've been doing Zoom calls and virtual meetings for a number of years. Now, my kids do it, you know, and, and, and little kids are Zooming with their parents and grandparents and they can't get together. So with their friends, the point is, I believe this has accelerated our adaption of an existing technology by three to five years into the future. We would have been there no matter what. This just forced our hand. And if there's some good that can come out of this, this may be one of the good things. You know, interesting story on Zoom. So I had, I had the privilege to talk with their CEO last week. And we realized, we said in the same sort of epiphany moment, you know, video can be the new voice. When you talk about contact center, right, we've been so set on, we'll call it analog, but voice has been the leader in how do we, how do we inbound and outbound to our customers. The digital channels, right, that move, including video, right, it's, we're at a pivot point, and I think that we're, we're, we're much more receptive to thinking about whether it's chat or messaging or email or Zoom or video, right? That, that, that shift to digital channels is opening up vast opportunities to communicate and to sell, frankly, and to service in ways that, that really required somebody to give us a kick in the pants. Yep. A mobile device, let's call it that instead of a mobile phone, might have an app. The app connects you straight to the company you love doing business with, be it a bank, be it a retailer, be it a, even a manufacturer in a B2B environment can have their own app. It's very inexpensive to do these days. And when they want the service, they push on the button and a live agent comes on just as they would voice, but guess what? Now you can see them. This is not brand new technology. It's been out there for years. However, we're going to start seeing more and more because people are enjoying seeing people uh, that way and the connection you make. So imagine this. There's a company that I love doing business with. I feel like I just said, talked about this. Um, and I did right before we got on our call with someone else as an example. I just remember. So I love this company for this reason. I order something from them and then I get this link. They send me a video. Your order is getting ready to ship. Click here for more information. I click. Yeah. And there's a video over a table and it shows my items being packaged. Then the person literally picks up the package and they hold it and the video takes a picture of the package with the person's face that just packaged it. But get this, the person says, 
thank you, Shep. We appreciate your order. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh my. It blows me it. away. Oh, send me the link. I want to see that. That's great. So but we're, we're talking about talking about Delta, Shep, right? You mentioned Ed Bashan mm -hmm. and Delta. I called Delta to check in on my on my Christmas plans and Christmas and New Year travel. First time ever, I got an invitation not to go to a hold for a few hours or minutes, but to be connected in real time to a messaging solution and an agent. Right? That that floored me. Right? We're talking about this. Companies now, major Fortune 100 brands are doing this today. Yep. And I think you're absolutely right, right? We're, we're seeing this openness to adopt because of that need for speed. I don't know what you're, what you're seeing and what your, your, uh, your audiences are telling you, but we're seeing right, that that is the driver. It's speed over breadth today, right? It's the, it's the importance of addressing in the moment and building the strategies for later. You can't do one or the other. Right? Yep. You have to actually address the hair on fire now with having roadmaps and strategies to actually tr you know, transfer your business, progress your business in this way. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yep. And I know uh, we're getting ready to do a lot more work with you. And I'm excited about our partnership together. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing some virtual, what we call, uh, you know, have you know, dinners or, or lunches with uh, moderation. And this is going to be one of the topics that I think is so powerful right now. So I know we're running out of time, but I've got to ask you the question. Is there something, and you can take it at a macro level as opposed to just what's happening at T-Tech or, or actually what might be happening at T-Tech. Is there something that you had to change, something mm -hmm. major you had to do differently prior to the crisis of COVID-19 that you said, we're not going to go back. We're going to keep doing this because it's worth doing even in good times. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It, you know, I was expecting you to ask the other way, right? What, what, how do you, how do you, um, how do you adapt to the need to change? But what you're talking about, I think is fundamental around what keeps that organization driving. And yeah. I think it's, I think it's, yeah, in one word, it's resiliency. Mm. Right? If you're building resiliency into your model, if you are, if you're building an organization and a group of people to weather uh, adversity, to to deal with change, then I think you're on the right track. And I think that's a constant that we've infused into our strategy and our mission is to be, you know, to have a change mindset. Yep. To 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 um. And I, so I don't, you know. I think I would balance both, right? I'd say it's really important. If there's one thing that I've learned through this conflict, and we've all learned, right? Nobody has come in with all the tools you need. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're all learning on the fly a little. But I think if you're building resiliency into your models, and if you're, if you're encouraging that in your people, then you're building the right fiber into the organization. Yeah, amen to that. So if there's one thing that you've noticed, it sounds to me like, uh, we've been forced to be accepting of change. And now we need to be an organization that's willing to not only accept it and embrace it, but maybe proactively go out and figure out how to keep changing for the better and better. And so right. That's yep. so right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we're down to the one thing question. What's the one thing that you want to share with this audience? It could be an emphasis of something we've already talked about or something brand new. What's that extra little nugget? Wow. Um, you know, I, I think that um, for everybody's sanity and to address the change that's that's coming, I mean, even if we're talking four weeks or eight weeks, 
I think the impact of what we've just been through highlights the importance of understanding who's around the table when decisions are being made. Because I think the one thing to take away is that power base is shifting. The need to actually make very, um, very surgical and predictable outcomes and to be able to back those up with both qualitative and quantitative fact as these, these big projects for change, they're going to be numbered, Chef. Right, you're only going to get so many wax at the pinata for the rest of the year, probably for the for the rest of the two next two years. Mm-hmm. So the CFO and that 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 discriminating, discerning element of show me how to prioritize, help me quantify the impacts of what we're recommending around change. I think that is paramount, and we, we can't we can't be exposed by leaving that out. We used to always say, you know, you, you got to have that in the mix. I think it raises up in the priority level. You got to have strategy. You got to have all that. You got to have your, but this is an element that I think will be increasingly critical in the future. So I'm going to, I know you said a lot there, but there's a point that I want to make. There's a point that I want to make for everybody listening. I don't care if you're in the C-suite or not. You could be on the front line. You could be buried in the mailroom somewhere. This is what, what you've just shared as part of this answer is what the C-suite wants. First of all, We've got to have a C-suite that's open and accepting of ideas of others. At least listen to those ideas. But if you truly want your ideas to be heard and you're taking it to the C-suite, take it with, with an ROI attached to it. What does this mean by the numbers? Because while many people in the C-suite are looking at both sides, how does this uh, um, impact our customers? How can we make it better for employees? And they're looking at the people side. They're also very numbers focused. You know, you're a a billion plus dollar company publicly traded. Yes. Absolutely. And therefore you have to answer to shareholders. So the ROI of any idea becomes really important. So make sure if you're going to take something to the C-suite and you're going to suggest a change that you do it with the numbers attached to it. So that's just an add-on to what you're talking about. Chef, would you translate for me every time? That's fantastic. <laughs> but it's not a translation. It's just like, it. this is, I, a, I want everybody to know, because so many people feel like, well, I take my ideas to the leadership right. and they don't do anything with it. But if you don't take it the right way, they may not know how to do anything with it. So anyway, this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for being on the show. This has been awesome today. A pleasure. Thank you for having me, Chef. All right, everybody, that was Jonathan Lerner, the president of T-Tech Digital, and I promise you another amazing interview next week, so be back for that. And until then, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.